Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hello and welcome into Trust the Tape, episode 12.4.18. I'm Jeff Cavanaugh at JC1053 on the tweeter, alongside the great Dane Brugler at DP Brugler on the tweeter. And uh, it's a mock draft Tuesday. Dane Brugler unleashed it. The first one. The first one. You're probably peer pressured into it. Everybody loves a mock draft, and so Dane had to do one. And as the foremost bit. authority in college football, it's the first mock draft that matters Officially. of 2019, according to Dane. You can check it out on The Athletic, so theathletic.com, and subscribe to that bad boy and get up in there. Uh, the amount of uh, value you get on that website is just stupid good. Oh, it's, it's stupid good. Every individual market, the big national guys, they probably break more news than anybody. And now they have the greatest mind in college football. The way I kind of describe the athletic is it's it's gonna be, it's like the modern day Sports Illustrated. You know, it's the the it's the price of a magazine subscription, except you have an app at your fingertips that's uh, a, a little bit better than a magazine once a week. So it's. The amount of information on there is great. Uh, if you love college football, NFL draft, uh, that alone is, you know, you, you get more information than you could possibly want, but you also get the rest of the site. So uh, check it out. Check out this mock draft. First one of the year for me. You know, it's the, these these mocks are interesting exercises when you have to actually sit down and, um, you know, it's easy to say, well, this team needs this, this team needs that. But when you sit down and really examine the needs, okay, what's free agency going to look like? Who's in the last year of their contract? who hasn't performed up to expectations, uh, looking at trends, looking at what uh, maybe po- some possible head coaching moves, some assistant coaching moves, general managers, what they've been doing, uh, just talking to people around the league in terms of players that aren't being talked about right now. And so I try to incorporate all of that uh, into this, which is a little tough in December, but at the same time, and because we, we don't even know the official draft order yet. That's still a couple weeks away. But for where we are right now, if the draft was tomorrow, I think this is a very realistic look at uh, how it could play out. So do we want to start with the mock? We teased the mock. Should we start with the mock or do sure. we start with the playoffs? Well, let's start with the playoffs, actually. That, that just happened. Uh, that's fresh in our minds. We'll get to the mock here in a second. Okay, the playoffs easy. They got it right. That's sweet. Here we go. It's going to be fun. Yeah. And that was easy, right? Done. Playoffs. Well, I, I guess, have you uh, have you seen a worse fake punt? Uh, no. I think if I'm beating Alabama and it's 4th and 11, I yeah. might punt the ball. And I think I'd probably punt the ball. What's his name? Fields, the backup quarterback, who's going to be a, a star, but he's never been in a, a punt formation before this entire year. And wait, wait, wait. So they announced the fake punt by oh, putting yeah. him in. Did you, see, did you see Alabama? They were ready for it. I mean, their defense was on the field. <laughs> and Kirby, oh, Smart said oh, after no. the, Kirby Smart said after the game, like, oh, we didn't get the timing right. If we snapped it right away, we would have had it. And but okay, well, if you didn't get the snap off right away, then you need to call a timeout. You know, I mean, you need to that. You blew it. You did. He did, and it's funny. Not I guess not funny. It's it's almost uh, it's unfortunate for Georgia fans. All the 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 eight quarters that they've played, those two teams have played in that stadium, Mercedes-Benz Stadium, over the last calendar year. Georgia has led for ninety-seven. They were led or tied for ninety-seven percent 
of those of those snaps over yeah. those eight quarters, mm. and they came away with two losses. One kept them from a national title. The other uh, kept them out of the playoff. And you know, I, I heard a lot of noise about how Georgia—they're one of the four best teams—and it's they probably are. It, it's tough, yeah. but at some point, the results of your games matter. Bingo. And exactly. the result of your games was that you lost two. And yeah. you can say, hey, but we lost to two really good teams. Great. Oklahoma lost to one good team. You lost to two good teams. And, but then we go so down the road. Watch. Okay, what if Oklahoma had Georgia's schedule? They didn't. It, it, that's the thing. It's, it, it, there's in FBS and the Power Five, it just, there's, you can't really judge it like that because everything's so different and everything's cyclical. And this year, two years ago, the ACC was considered one of the best conferences, maybe the best. With Florida State, what they were doing, Lamar Jackson and Louisville, Clemson. This year, ACC probably the worst conference, and so you know it's just it's it's all cyclical. It's going to change year by year. Uh, I mean, the SEC is usually going to be near the top in, in the South. That's where all, most of the talent is. Uh, so that's not going to change. But you know, I, I can't you can't argue with the results really. Ohio State, uh, the way they came on late in the year against Michigan and. The way they looked in the bowl game uh, or the conference championship game, and with Dwayne Haskins and that passing offense, great. You just can't lose to twenty nine to Purdue, you know. And they didn't build up enough goodwill where they were going to get the benefit of the doubt. The only team that I think has an argument is UCF, and they're not get one of the four best here. teams, so I wouldn't put them in, and you wouldn't put them in. No, but you need to go to eight or get them out of the pool. Because there's nothing more you can do than beat everybody you play, beat Auburn in a bowl game, then beat everybody you play. There's there's nothing more yeah. that they can do. Well, You're, I mean, you scheduled them against an SEC team last year in a bowl game, and they beat them. They beat I, Auburn. They beat everybody you put in front of them. But you just can't get a shot. It's not going to happen no. unless we put more teams in. It's not going to happen. And I don't think you. I don't think they should get a shot. I mean, can they beat Auburn or could they beat Oklahoma on any given day? Yeah, I think they could. But if you have to go through a full Big 12 schedule, if you have to go through a full SEC schedule, you're going to get tripped up in there if you UCF. Um, or, you know, at least that's... Probably. I mean, that's just... Yeah, it's... Probably. It's, you're forecasting, you know, because we don't know for sure. It, it's a tough thing. And that's why I've always said group of five, get get your own playoff. Now, if UCF puts, or if they're able to talk a Power 5 team into, or two Power 5 teams into a non-conference uh, game and you're able to beat those two uh, opponents. Even that's hard though, because what you'd have to do is you'd have to schedule Alabama and Ohio State or something like that, and because you have to do this five years out is right. when you schedule your right. out of conference games. You, you, you and what need... if you had scheduled Florida State? Now, right. By the time you get there, they're a four or five win team, and it's like, oh, you didn't schedule. Well, I tried. Right. I didn't know they were going to be well, terrible. Houston a few years ago had their shot because they they beat Oklahoma. Uh, in one of the first games of the year, and then uh, you know they they had a shot to do it, and they just they they fell short because going through that schedule is just it, it's tough. And so you know UCF doesn't they're not going to make it. Um, group of five, they need their own playoffs, just how it is. Um, and you know maybe eventually we'll get to eight teams, but I don't think it's going to happen right now. Let me ask you this: Did uh, your high if you had a Heisman vote, Kyler, last week compared to this week, did it change? Uh. Last week, I would have flipped a coin, which is a great way to uh, use your vote responsibly. And then this week, I would give it to Kyler Murray, no doubt. Well, 10% of the votes were already in before this weekend. So that's. Uh, well, we need the 90 to get it least right. Respon- or not as responsible as uh, uh, as what your, your coin flip, but it's tough because. Okay, you said it was a coin flip. So I can understand you saying Kyler. But for a lot of people, including myself, I thought Tua had a pretty good lead. 
And so now what does Saturday do in terms of closing that gap or possibly Kyler even passing him? Because, yes, it was a bad performance by Tua. He got hurt. He but he's obviously hurt. relieved, and the other guy saved him. That hurts. Well, that hurts. He, he saved the team, yeah. The, but, ba- the backup saved you, and you didn't have a good game. And, I mean, it's, but he was it's, it's a Heisman. It, one bad game can take your Heisman sure, away. It's how sure. it works. We're no looking, question. I mean, we're going to look up at all these numbers and see that Kyler Murray is responsible for 5,000 yards and 51 touchdowns. Sure. And Tua can't touch that. He no. did it at Bama. He did it against a different schedule, and he had an awesome year, and he's a great player. Uh, and I want him on my NFL team. But Kyler Murray had the best college football season. It's tough. It's tough. No, you, I, you let it go, Dane. No, well, it's Kyler's. Two, like I said, Tua had a large lead for me going into the tr- conference championship weekend, and Haskins might be in second over Kyler. Yeah, I think you're right. Over no, Tua, maybe in, maybe oh, in yeah. second. Yeah. No, I and I do. I appreciate you bringing Dwayne Haskins up because he is being lost in this you know, Tua or Kyler debate because he he's had the best season in Big Ten history. Um, with what he's been doing. It's not uh, bad for a first-time starter. Yeah, a guy with uh, 12 starts under his belt. I was watching, I remember watching JT Barrett for five years and just hating (laughs) Ohio State's offense, however many it was. Uh, Might not even been five, but it sure felt like five. I I looked it up and uh, just kind of transitioning to towards the mock draft. uh, Dwayne Haskins, if he declares, uh, he's going to be looked at as a first-round pick, especially if Justin Herbert goes back to school. But... Since 1973, there have been 100 quarterbacks, 100 quarterbacks drafted in the first round. How many do you think had 15 starts or less in their college career? And how, wait, how long is our sample size here? 1973. So 100 quarterbacks in the first round. I stopped in 1973 and just went to stop at 100 quarterbacks because I didn't feel like going to the, you know, going too much farther than that. Uh, it's a pretty specific circumstance because it means you had to be the starter only in your third year in college and it had to be good enough to make you declare. Yeah. Or, um, or injury was involved or, yeah. you know, certain circumstances. Uh, I will say eight of them. Three. Who are they? How many did, who? who Mitchell, Mitchell Trubisky. Okay. Most, most recent. So far, so good. Uh, Cam Newton. And even Cam Newton has an asterisk because he won a national title at the JUCO level. Well, so far, so, so good. You know, he had some experience there. And then Mark Sanchez. So all pretty eh. recent, uh, you know, in, in terms of you know, the last ten years or so, um, you know, it's not. It doesn't happen a lot. Is basically what I'm getting at. But Dwayne Haskins, I think, is one of those guys where he's gonna. We're gonna add him to the list uh, by the time April rolls around. Now, are we feeling more confident he declares than, well, especially now that Urban Meyer is retiring? Apparently, maybe I don't for think. A while? I really don't think Urban Meyer has anything to do with it just because he has such a good relationship with Ryan Day, the offensive coordinator. Um, and, you know, I think uh, Pete Thamel with Yahoo kind of put it best. Ohio State views this as Bob Stutes and Lincoln Riley. Like, Urban Meyer's moving on, retiring, and, uh, you know, Ryan Day is going to be the Lincoln Riley stepping up, the offensive mind who. Ryan Day turned down head coaching jobs in the SEC last year. He's a Chip Kelly disciple. He played. He was a quarterback in New Hampshire back in the day with under Chip Kelly. Uh, really bright. And you talk to Dwayne Haskins. You talk to Tate Martell, the backup who uh, expected Tate Martell expected to be the quarterback for Ohio State next year. You talk to those guys, and they rave about Ryan Day and just the offensive mind that he is. And they can never let Tate throw the ball, or are they just going to run up the middle every time he comes in the game. Yeah, I, I don't know if he can throw because we don't get to see it enough. But 
you know, he was a five-star guy out of Las Vegas. Um, I mean, he's there's a lot of potential up there with him. So eager to see um, you know, what he could do next year, assuming Haskins moves on. But yeah, the Urban Meyer uh, retirement, I don't think it comes as much of a shock. I mean, you you watch kind of him on the sideline and everything, I and mean, it's been well-publicized, uh, the health stuff and all the stress and I mean, I think he's doing what's best for for him and you know his long term you know viability. Hey, thoughts as a and human. prayers to his family, especially considering he had such massive health problems at Florida um, when he was losing Tebow, and now to have more health problems when Haskins is about to leave. Um, Stop. Really feel for the guy. That has nothing to do with all it. his players arrested. Some scandals there at the end of both. Uh, it will be interesting to see. Um, what underclassmen for Ohio State maybe declare after the, you know, I mean, Urban is, you know, he's a magnet. And so some players might look to move on after this. And, but Ryan Day, take will he be over. back? Is he going to take a year off and then take over at Florida State? And save them? <laughs> I don't think so. Okay. I, you think I he's mean, gone? Yeah, I think he's retiring. I mean, okay. I, I think we might see him resurface in a different type of role. Um, but I mean, Ohio State was his dream job. I mean, it wasn't like Florida where, you know, it was a really good job, obviously, and he kind of moved on. Ohio State was his dream job. I mean, he he loves Ohio State. Was it 100% unfair for me to speculate that anything? In terms of him coming back? Yeah, like I'm not saying he doesn't have real health concerns. I'm just saying I've seen it before. Oh no! I it was it. like it was like okay, guys, I got to retire for my family and my health, right. and then it was like, oh wait, actually, man, Ohio State looks good. Here we go. Right, and I, I think you know you talk to it's funny. I talked to people at ESPN because Urban Meyer went to ESPN for that year he took off, and uh, talking to people at ESPN, they they'll tell you how it killed him to be in the booth. Like it just ate away at him uh, to watch a game, call a game, talk about a game and not have an impact on what was happening on the field. And so uh, it just kind of happened perfect for Ohio state with the way, I mean, it was bad at the time when Jim Trussell got in trouble for, which is funny now kind of looking back, he got in trouble for tattoos. I mean, it it seems very, uh, that's a real weird thing to cost a big time college head coach's job. That's and nowadays. I mean, it looks like it's how did you nothing. not know your players were getting sixty dollars benefits? Yeah, exactly. Sorry, uh, my it, fault. And so, as bad as things looked back then, with Luke Fickle taking over as interim head coach that year, it worked out perfect because Urban Meyer is available and ready to take over as head coach. And Ohio State's had a great run the last uh, what seven years or so. So, you know, it worked out fairly well. I just I think this is it for him. I, we might see him resurface and. As like you know, an assistant or an advisor for even an NFL team, possibly. I mean, we're going to see him probably at some in some capacity in in football and some sidelines or in some booth somewhere. I don't think we're going to see him as a head coach at, at for an NFL team or a major university uh, the rest of his career. And we move on to mock draft Tuesday. Check the athletic.com. I'd imagine you could click on the college football tab and it'd be right there at the top somewhere. Yeah. Because this is the greatest story in the history of the <laughs> athletic. Well, listen, again, we don't know the draft order. Other than everything I've ever written. That's true. But we, we don't even know the underclassmen are going to be in this. So I just, you know, every every underclassman is, um, you know, fair game for this Oh, so one. you're going to influence children to declare for the draft. And when they go undrafted... When Listen, Dwayne Haskins doesn't get drafted, it'll be because Dane told him to go. Any underclassmen, do not make your decision based on my mock draft. Okay, Please. there you go. There do you not go. do it. Um, talk to the right I mean, have a conversation with me. I, I, I've advised juniors before, or, you know, they've, they've at least asked me for my opinion, and I have told them my honest opinion, and, uh, you know, I'll, I'll give it to you straight. But please do not look at my mock draft and make a decision based on that. Did Darren Lee ask for your opinion? 
Darren Lynn, no. Okay. No. If I remember right, that was one of the guys you're like, he could probably use another year. And oh, yeah, he got mad. He, he searches his name on yeah, Twitter. Yeah, yeah, he's like, yeah. hey! That's right. I'm <laughs> awesome. I'm going to the league. Shut up. I forgot about that. Yeah. Uh, he, he was a first-rounder. I mean, he hasn't really had a first-round career, but... The OU corner that wasn't very good uh, got mad at me for pointing out that he wasn't very good. Uh, when Who was it? The guy named, a guy named Duranya, Duranya, who should have been called Dejagia or Dewakia because oh, he Durania couldn't run. Wilson and he destroyed him. Yeah. Yeah. just so mad at me. I'd like to apologize to anybody under the age of 25 that I disparage. You know, I don't, I don't mean to. Yeah. I'm just pointing out your comes strengths in, and weaknesses. Because of the territory, mm-hmm. unfortunately. Um, you don't get to be a draft guru by loving everybody, guys. It's <laughs> not how it works. Yeah, it's a tough business. Here's Dane with a mock draft. All right, so we're not going to hit on every single pick. If you want every single what? pick, go on the athletic. We're going to hit some of the, the high notes here. Uh, the 49ers right now have the top pick, and unless they win a few games, uh, it looks like they're going to have the top pick. If they do win a game or, or two here, Oakland doesn't look like they're going to win a game, so they'll be fine stepping up to number one. Either way, uh, Nick Bosa, I think, is the favorite to go number one. Uh, we, you know, we could see a trade in the works for a quarterback, but if it's the 49ers or it's the Raiders at number one, Nick Bosa makes too much sense for it not to happen. That's not hard. No. Uh, if you want to know how he plays, it's I got good news for you. You can watch it because it yeah. happens for the Chargers. Now watch that it on he's Sundays. Back. Uh, Joey Bosa and Nick Bosa are basically clones. It looks. But, I don't know if he'll test the exact same. He might taste a little better. Really? Yeah. And is he a little smaller? That, that's why he might taste okay. a little better. He's a little yeah, smaller. Yeah, just a tick. Yeah. Okay. But and I, but he's he's Joey Bosa. You, the same you, guy. You mentioned, how, and I think he's even. A little further advanced um, than Joey at this point in terms of using their hands, using their body leverage, understanding how to break down an offensive tackle, um, you know, just throwing different things at him. Um, so, yeah, I think he's he is the favorite. Uh, and it reminds me a lot of Miles Garrett uh, two years ago in terms of Miles Garrett from the moment that 2015 draft or 2016 draft ended, he was the top pick or the top player the entire way. I mean, sometimes we see some fluctuation. It didn't change with Miles Garrett. This past year, the moment 2018 uh, NFL draft ended, Nick Bosa was the top pick. I think that's going to carry through all the way unless we find something else with the medicals. Um, but uh, where things stand right now, he is the favorite to go number one. The Oakland Raiders number two, they have a nice consolation prize because they had Quinn and Williams, uh, the stud defensive monster. tackle who... He just it's really tough to block him, and he can beat you in a lot of different ways. We talked about it before. Uh, it became pretty clear early on that he was uh, he was a stud. He was a true uh, top pick, and he's a redshirt sophomore. We'll see if he declares. I, I assume he will, and if he does, he's going to go pretty high. Uh, New York Jets at number three. They had some issue with this pick. Uh, Rashawn Gary, the defensive end, uh, defensive lineman for Michigan. Okay, let me ask a Rashawn Gary question. Yeah. Because ideally, if I have a top five pick, I would like to have the production matches the tape, mm-hmm. matches the workout, and right. I feel great about my pick. Right. And with Rashawn Gary, I'm looking at his career, and in three years, you have a total of nine and a half sacks. Mm-hmm. The tackle for loss numbers aren't huge, not forcing fumbles. So how great do you feel when you don't have necessarily the elite production? To go along with what you see happen on tape. Well, part of it is injury. I mean, he's been banged up this past year. Um, but when he's on the field, uh, for a guy that's 280 pounds, for him to move like he does, it's just, it's it's different. Um, you don't see a lot of guys like that. Now, it's absolutely fair to point out that he hasn't lived up to the hype. I mean, he, he was a five-star guy, the number one uh, recruit in the nation. 
uh, kind of slimmed down, really, because he was projected as a defensive tackle, 300 pounds. He slimmed down to 285, 280, was primarily an edge rusher. I, I mean, I think out of all the snaps he took at Michigan, uh, you could count on one or on two hands uh, the number of snaps that he took inside a defensive tackle. So he was an edge player. I think he'll be uh, scouted as an edge player by NFL teams. Uh, and it's absolutely right to point out that he didn't quite live up to the hype, but a lot of that was injury. So I, I think he's he's a young player who is getting better and better and better. And when you he's going to blow up the combine at 280 pounds. And after he does that, and as long as you're okay with the medicals, you're okay with maturity, he's going to go somewhere in the top 12 picks. And so, you know, I, if you tell me that three's too high for him, I hear you, I understand, I get you. But, you know, someone has to go three. And he's in that top 12 mix, and it wouldn't shock me at all if, uh, you know, he's he goes ahead of some of these other guys. And just for fun, like Quinn and Williams, who kind of burst on the scene this year because Alabama just always right. has great defensive linemen, eight sacks, 18 tackles for loss. <laughs> He's filled up the stat sheet. Yeah, and and Williams filled up the stat sheet. That was the knock on Quinn Williams earlier this year when I kept singing from the rafters that uh, you know he's he's better than Ed Oliver. He's the best defensive tackle, and people would point out he's got two and a half sacks. He's really bumped up the production as the season went on, and so um, you know he's it's no longer an excuse as why you can't put Quinn Williams as a high pick. He's I think everyone's caught on by now. He is the real deal. Um, Five and six, Giants, Jaguars. Two quarterbacks off the board. Uh, I don't know. Eli's starting to play okay, Dane. We might just give him five more years. Yeah, we might goodness. just extend that contract. Turns 38 next year. Um, I don't know. I, Tom's still going. Why can't Eli? I didn't think that they would possibly... Uh, like, And I don't think Eli is the number one issue with the Giants. No, blocking. <laughs> yeah. And <there's, laughs> blocking. Is- they don't have a pass rush. I mean, there's a lot of things wrong with the Giants. And so... Uh, you know, I don't think Eli Manning, it is fair to say Eli Manning is not the number one reason that the Giants are this bad this year. But with that said, he is among the reasons and he turns 38 years old next year. And at some point you have to plan for the future. And if you're the Giants, you're hoping you're not picking the top 10 every year. So if you have a shot at a Justin Herbert, at a Dwayne Haskins, and you grade them as a player that's going to be a consistent winner in this league, consistent starter... You can't pass on him. But again, we said this all last year with Darnold and Rosen. And they passed on it, all of them. They did, uh, except for Baker. They never right. shot at Baker, but doubt they would have taken Baker. They were taking Saquon Barkley all along. So we'll see what they do this year. It's still early. Um, but for this mock, I put Justin Herbert there at five. We'll even see if he's in this draft class. Um, at six for the Jaguars, I, I don't know another team what to expect with the quarterback situation just because they've been so stubborn with Blake Bortles. And they have a roster that's ready to win now. Are you know, they really want to go with a redshirt sophomore quarterback who ideally needs time? Or, you know, even if you do throw him out there right away, it's gonna be it's gonna be like Sam Darnold a little bit, where you're gonna take your lumps and it's gonna take time for him to adapt. Will they go with more of the quick fix approach where you try to make a trade, you try and free agency, try to get a veteran who and maybe you, you do both. But Blake Bortles has a lot of, uh, you know, he's going to take it. There's a cap hit there. You can't just, you know, that extension they gave him was puzzling, and now it's really going to cost them. So Jaguars, there's a lot going on with this quarterback situation. I'm eager to see how it uh, plays out in free agency and what they do. If if they go into the draft with only Bortles and Kessler as Cody quarterbacks. Cody Kessler, 1-0. Yeah. It, they, they beat the Colts, what, like 6 to nothing? Didn't throw a pick. Yeah. You're not going to win many games by scoring six points on offense. Uh We'll say that. No picks. I'm just telling you, you didn't turn the ball over. All right, what pick do you want to hit next? 
Um, let me see which one is interesting to me. Number eight. Speaking of Ed Oliver, uh, Atlanta Falcons uh, could use some help on that defensive line. Need some interior uh, pass rush. Well, Ed Oliver's your guy. Fifty-four tackles for loss in his thirty-three career games. Uh, he, you know, started to wear down towards the end of this year because he had that knee injury, and uh, you know, he's not going to play in the bowl game. Not going to re-aggravate it, which totally understand. He's not going to be a fit for everybody. Um, you know, he's right around two hundred eighty pounds. I talked to a scout in September who went through, said he was two seventy-four. I expect him to be between 280 and 285 for the combine. And he's not going to be for everybody. For He's not going to be an ideal fit for every scheme. But with that said, with that athleticism, that body control, that motor, um, you know, just don't overthink it. I mean, What's his height? Uh, I mean, he's, well, I think a shade over 6'1". Okay. So, so well, Aaron Donald was about 6 foot 285 coming out, wasn't he? Or, or, yeah, he, no, he's probably, I think he's six, a shade over 6'2", is what he is. Okay. Um, and so he's, because um, Aaron Donald was 285 at the combine, but he was shorter, so he's more compact, right. more built. Oliver's 280, but he's a little taller than Donald, so it's a little more. Uh, he's a just a, t- a titty bit more lean than Donald was. And look, it, I know we're gonna hear a lot of Aaron Donald comparisons, but I mean, Aaron Donald's the best defensive player in the NFL. Like, yeah, he's pretty good. Let's not. Yeah, say Ed Oliver is just going to be the next Aaron Donald and put those types of ex- expectations on him. I get well, and Oliver has good stats. He has good stats. Yeah, uh, Aaron Donald was silly. Yeah, in his college were, career. You were, were looking at seasons with almost thirty tackles for loss and double digit sacks. Yeah, that dude was he was a monster. He really was. It, it, looking back, it's kind of funny how he lasted till. I've only seen one person 13th. block Aaron Donald ever, and it was Zach Martin at the Senior Bowl. And I'm not saying he blocked him every time. No, yeah, I'm just they, saying he's the only person who ever blocked him. They got the best of each other. That was that was a fun thing to watch. I think neither Zach Martin or Aaron Donald were like locked top twenty picks going into the Senior Bowl. After the Senior Bowl, that's what the buzz was, leaving Mobile. I remember sitting at the gate in Mobile's airport, leaving the Senior Bowl that year, talking to Charlie Casserly about uh, just thoughts going in and then thoughts leaving, and that was all the buzz, was Aaron Donald, Zach Martin, and how they performed and what they did for their draft stock. Okay, how about our first linebacker off the board? Let me see if you can figure out where he is without me telling you. Um... Not edge, not including like no, a stand up. Our first pass linebacker. Rush. Right. Mac Wilson. Yep. Uh, to the Bengals, who I think the Bengals, they would have taken Leighton Vanderesh if the Cowboys didn't take him two picks earlier uh, in the first round last year. Now, we'll never know for sure, but they are really missing that, uh, that stud linebacker. I mean, they have Malik Jefferson. We'll see if he pans out for Texas. But Mac Wilson is that three down, uh, can play in coverage, can blitz, can play the run. Still raw in some areas. He's a first-year starter, but uh, you know, you you pro- he gets better and better with the more football he sees, and so you project him as being uh, an impact three-down defender, and that's exactly what Cincinnati needs. Six interceptions the last two years, five passes defended this year. That coverage thing's kind of important in the NFL these days. A little bit. Um, okay, the next guy that I want to talk about is the first wide receiver off the board. Yeah, um, and. I've said before, I, there's no lock top 20 pick at receiver this year. Uh, we could see someone sneak in there, and they did in this mock at number 19 to Tennessee, Marquise Brown, Hollywood Brown. Now, we'll see what the injury is with his foot. Hopefully, he's able to play. Uh, I mean, he had a, he was in a boot on crutches. Uh, we'll see what his status is for uh, with the Orange Bowl against that Alabama. That really worried the Oklahoma fans 
Sure. Not anyone in particular in this room, but the Oklahoma fans when he limped off and then I saw him come what back hat out. What are you wearing right now? Come back out in the booth. It appears I'm wearing a Sooner hat. Okay. But I'm a fake Sooner fan. That's right. You I'm married a, into it. Right. I'm a, well, I dated into it. <laughs> okay. Watch your mouth, sir. I uh, think sorry, that sorry. might make it legally binding if you <laughs> say it on the radio and I don't dispute it. Uh, yeah, that was that was worrisome. It was like, oh, goodness. No Hollywood. What's going on here? Yeah. Oklahoma's lost Hollywood Brown. They lost Rodney Anderson at the beginning of yeah. the year, and they're just like, yeah, we're fine. We have Lincoln Riley and Kyler Murray. No problem. Yeah. Uh, C.D. Lamb, and I mean, uh, they've got a stable of running backs, too. So, yeah, they plenty of firepower. Um, but, yeah, I, I, look, Tennessee, they have needs on defense, on defensive line. Offensive line could use more pass rush, could go corner. I, I heard from a lot of Titans fans on this pick. But I think they could be in a position where they want to help the quarterback at all costs and giving him another explosive weapon like a Hollywood Brown, uh, you know, the Deshaun Jackson type of player, a little bit Tyreek Hill in there uh, that could they could be pressured to help the help the quarterback. And so that's the direction I went there. Um, uh, One possibility for Tennessee. Can I tell you my one big difference between him and like Tyreek Hill? Just without having done the tape on Hollywood, yeah. Tyreek seems like he's just a more aggressive, strong, attack the ball. Like, even if yeah. it's a fight for the ball, I know yeah. he's small, but he will go get it. He will. And Hollywood doesn't seem like he wins those. Contested catches, no. Yeah. No, I absolutely agree. Um, I think that's... He's... He, he is reminds me a lot of Deshaun Jackson in terms of the speed, the vertical speed and the tracking ability. His tracking ability is outstanding. Marquis, that uh, almost touchdown that, you know, credit to Chris Boyd, the Texas corner who knocked the ball out of his hands in the end zone. Throw the ball out there, Kyler. But it was. He smoked him. An amazing uh, tracking job over his shoulder uh, to bring it in and just uh, it almost finish. He has to finish that play. But um, so that's why the Deshaun Jackson comps make sense. But I think Marquise Brown is a much better underneath receiver in terms of the crossers, uh, screens, uh, creating more. And that's where the Tyree Kill comes in. Uh, but I think you're absolutely right. Tyree Kill is a little more built. He's 190 pounds where, you know, Hollywood Brown's more 170, 175. And so he's not going to break many tackles. He's not going to win many contested catches. Um, is he going to clock in the four threes? I'd be shocked if he didn't. Okay. Yeah. And, yeah that'll work. So I, and I think that's that's why he is in the mix to be uh, the first wide receiver drafted one, if not the first one of the first. Okay, I'm going to pick some of the guys that we haven't heard a ton about here on Trust the Tape so far. Okay, take me to number 25. Let's get a Steelers pick. The third corner off the board at this point, DeAndre Baker, uh, corner from SEC, uh, the SEC. He uh, he's a top senior guy this year. Now he's not. He's not the biggest. He's under six foot, and he's not the fastest. He's probably going to run in the four four eight to four five three range, would be my guess. So he's not a burner. He doesn't have great size, but his route recognition, his ability to diagnose and uh, make plays on the ball is outstanding. And at the end of the day, that's what playing corner is all about. And so he might not go. I don't think he's going to go in the top twenty, just because a lot of a lot of teams are worried about the size, speed, and lack thereof. But late first, early second, DeAndre Baker, uh, a corner is too much of a need for a lot of these teams, and it's not a great corner group this year. So that would be a good get for the Steelers at 25. 29 and 30. This looks fun. Yeah. Uh, This is a little bit of history. Never happened before. Two tight ends from the same college program. In the first round. Have never gone in its top 100 before in the same draft. 
they could do it. Iowa could do it in the first round this year, and they went back to back in this mock draft. Uh, Noah Fant, number twenty nine to the Patriots. Look, we know about Gronk; he's amazing, uh, but his body's breaking down. He's not the same type of guy that he was. And even if Gronk's back and he plays the next three years, you can still use a Noah Fant because he's as much a wide receiver as he is a tight end, uh, dynamic threat. You want to help Tom Brady for the final years of his career? Get a Noah Fant; you'll be just fine. And then at number 30, Green Bay, TJ Hawkinson. Look, it's it's really weird how it's just been a revolving door of tight ends for that for that team. Uh, I mean, Jared Cook, as good as he was, they let him go test free agency for some reason. They bring in Jimmy Graham, give him big money. He doesn't look like anything close to his Pro Bowl days. So, you know, I just they need to invest in a tight end through the draft instead of going to uh, picking guys up off uh, free agency. TJ Hawkinson. He doesn't get as much love as Fant because he's not quite as dynamic as an athlete, but he's still an above-average athlete as a pass uh, pass catcher and then as a blocker. Uh, he, he's a much better blocker than Fant is. He loves. I mean, you can't if you just plug his name into Twitter, you're gonna find videos of him pancaking guys, taking guys to the ground. Uh, he's a really fun player to watch. Uh, that. That uh, George Kittle uh, type of mold coming from the Iowa program. So I think he could be in that first round mix if he declares only a redshirt sophomore. Noah Fant has declared, won't play in the bowl game uh, with uh, TJ Hawkinson. We just don't know yet. Okay. And you can get all the entire first round of Dane's mock draft on theathletic.com. But give me my favorite thing that you did was the guys who don't have a first round pick. Three teams. They still got to get a player. They did. They still got their player. So the second round pick for the Cowboys and Saints. And the Bears don't have a pick to the third round, but they have Khalil Mack, so that's okay. Bears are doing okay. Um, and one other guy I want to mention in this mock draft, uh, and this is a name that like, I don't read a lot of other mock drafts just because I don't like to be influenced at all in my thinking or you know, even subconsciously, even though I probably disagree with a lot of other people. This is a name that I haven't heard talked about um, uh, as a possible first-round pick, but NFL teams are high on this guy, and they're really excited for what he could be. And that's pick number 28 to the Houston Texans. Uh, offensive tackle. We're, a lot of people wondering who's going to be that third offensive tackle drafted. We think it'll be Jonah Williams, Greg Little, one and two. But then who's going to be that third offensive tackle off the board? Cody Ford from Oklahoma. Right tackle. He's a junior. Uh, you watch him. He looks like a bouncer just looking for underage kids to beat up on. Oh. Like he's he's a beast. He's he's built like a house, but he's he has really good feet. Now he's a little sloppy with some of his uh, his technique and needs to you know fine tune some things. But talking about the size, the length, the want to, the uh, the the lower body quickness, uh, it's all there. I, I think at worst you have a guard from day one, uh, but I think he can hold up on the edges and be a uh, be a big time tackle. Remember the name Cody Ford. Uh, he, I think he's going to go high if he declares. Okay, and so for the non-first round guys, Cowboy fans, hopefully you're enjoying Amari Cooper, which is the reason you won't pick in the first round. Right. But you do get Dawson Knox, tight end from Ole Miss. That's your second round. Yeah, and there's going to be a lot of debate about whether you know the Cowboys should go tight end or not. Uh, we'll see what they do in free agency. You know, is uh, is Earl Thomas going to be a Cowboy next year? If so, that takes care of some issues at safety and. What do they do with Byron Jones and Demarcus Lawrence and pay him and pay him? There's going to be a lot of dominoes that need to happen for the Cowboys this offseason. But assuming those things happen, you know, I think tight end is going to be a position that they strongly look at in the second round with their first pick in the draft, and especially because it's going to be a strong tight end class with all these juniors coming out. 
Um, I, I had two tight ends off the board in the first round. I think Irv Smith from Alabama was, is probably off the board in the top 50. And right now the Cowboys are projected to pick somewhere in the in the 50s. So went with... Uh, probably at 64 if I had to guess. Oh, they're going to trade back? Probably be at 64. No, that's just what oh, we'll be picking. Okay. Yeah. So, so the Raiders will be picking 32 in the first round is what you're saying. Yes. Gotcha, yeah, gotcha. That's gotcha. what's going to happen. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but my fourth tight end right now in the rankings, Dawson Knox, um... He's a, he's a former quarterback, walk-on at Ole Miss, transitioned to tight end, and he's just extremely underutilized, but he's a really impressive athlete, um, gives good effort as a blocker. Uh, as you, you project him forward, uh, I think you can have a pretty good player uh, down the line. He's uh, I know Cowboys fans don't want to hear about you know projections and upside and potential, but uh, Dawson Knox has all that. Uh, the New Orleans Saints don't have a first-round pick, and that would be because of the trade for Marcus Davenport last year. Right, and so the they Green end Bay. up with a name I have not heard before, which is what you get on Trust the Taste. I think a lot of a lot of people haven't heard this name. He's uh, and I and I put it in the description. He's one of the better kept secrets in college football in terms of uh, the draft. Jelani Tavai, linebacker from Hawaii, uh, really he's a well built kid. He's six three, two hundred thirty five pounds, but he moves really well. Um, you know, watching him versus t- cover tight ends, watching his range. Um, there's a lot to like about him. His brother played in the league for a little bit. Um, yeah, there's, he can't, he thought about coming out last year, went back for a senior year at Hawaii, uh, banged up his shoulder. He was suspended for a game for uh, an incident in a nightclub over the summer. So he's not a clean prospect, but when you just break down the tape, you see uh, a player that could go top 50. So, uh, Jelani Tavai, so the two names that come away with trust the tape today, Jelani Tavai, Cody Ford, two names that you're not, you haven't heard a lot about, but I promise you NFL teams are high on these kids. And the Chicago Bears, they have Khalil Mack, which means their first pick is going to come in the third round, unless something changes. Right. Isaiah Johnson, corner from Houston. Yeah, he's um, a little bit of projection because he's a former wide receiver, but he's 6'3", 199 pounds, outstanding speed, outstanding length. Uh, just still kind of piecing things together in terms of his technique, in terms of uh, how to be the best uh, run defender. So uh, there's a projection there, but he projects as a down the field or down the line starter eventually. And so add some immediate depth for Chicago and a possible starter down the line. Okay, there we go. I'll turn my mic back on. Uh, I'm good. You good? That was good. That Again. was a good trust the tape. It was a that good, was a good, great one. I thought you brought a lot, and I was here. I, mean, I think that's important. You, you set it up very well, and I I'm mean, a quarterback. I do radio, so 105.3 The Fan and DFW, home of the Cowboys. Gun to gun to your head. It's it's Kyler Murray. Next yeah. next time we talk, we'll know yeah. the Heisman. Yeah, it'll be Kyler Murray. Okay. Yeah, what, what do you get the odds? I mean, or, I wanted to. I ran out of money on Bovada. <laughs> Not that I would ever gamble. I think that's offshore and illegal. Sure. So I never had an account, but. Uh, a few weeks ago when Tua was like one to six or one to seven, you mm-hmm. had to bet six. I, was, I looked at it in Kyler Murray, you could get like five to one odds. Mm. And I was telling everybody, guys, it's closer than this. Right. Take your money. Take a chance. Because I, I, I think he's got a shot. And so you listened to your own advice. And right? I did not listen oh. to my own advice because I didn't, because I, I don't break the law uh, and I yeah, don't gamble. Sure. So I didn't take my own advice, but I really wish I had. Kyler Murray's going to win the Heisman and he should. And then he should announce to the world that he wants to play in the NFL. This is the first. uh, If he gets drafted at the end of the first round, which is possible, he gets eight to ten million dollars guaranteed. That's more than his guaranteed money in baseball. Eight to ten million. Well, I I looked at the. uh, It's not guaranteed. I looked at the Taco Charlton, for instance, who's picked twenty-seven. 
eight point okay. four of his money was guaranteed. Okay, okay. So late ones, yeah. You, your contract is worth ten, and the guaranteed portion's almost all of it. I mean, as of last week, he was still saying baseball's the plan. Baseball's the plan. Baseball's the plan. Um, now, could we see him maybe do baseball for two years and then go back to football? Sure, I think that's a possibility. But it's going to be interesting to see if a team maybe uh, you know, drafts him in the seventh round or you know has a wink-wink handshake with him. And I don't know. It's going to be interesting. But I, this is the most interesting Heisman ceremony that I can remember. Um, there's a little bit of intrigue with Derrick Henry and Christian McCaffrey. Um, but we knew Lamar Jackson was winning. We knew you know a lot of the, uh, uh, Baker Mayfield last year. So a lot of these Heisman ceremonies have just been you know, uh, let's just get to the end and hear the speech already. This one's going to be a little different because we, uh, there's actually some intrigue at the top. All right. That does it for trust the tape today. Thank you for listening. Make sure you hit the five-star review and tell your friends. We need more people to subscribe. Uh, otherwise we're both going to go broke and the podcast isn't going to ever happen. again. My kids need to eat. Yeah. So subscribe, listen, share it. We love you. We will talk to you next week. I'm trust the tape. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. See T-Mobile.com. 